Ninja Pimp Radio, Ninja Pimp Radio, Ninja Pimp Radio, Ninja Pimp Radio. Are you keeping it real? Radio. Are you staying solid? What the fuck does that even mean? Listen to Ninja Pimp Radio now. Everyone thinks they have all the answers, but do they? Do you? Listen to Ninja Pimp Radio now. You know why nobody takes you serious? It's because you don't write your notes down. All you do is talk. You should just listen to Bash Ninja's radio. Grab a pencil, grab a pen, and just listen to it. Instead of sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Just do it. Bash Ninja's radio. Get to it. Damn, nigga, did something call up your shirt and die? What the fuck is that smell? Nigga, you need a shower. What's going on with it, man? You know, usually I give a cold introduction. You already know, man. But, uh, you already know what it is. You know I'm the masterpiece, mouthpiece, simple to pee, man. But I want to get directly to the point because y'all keep bugging me, man. Getting in my inbox, getting on my Instagram, my Facebook page, man, asking me the same damn questions about Pimp Snooky. You know, was Pimp Snooky really a pimp? What did I think about the documentary that he did? You know, the little movie or whatever. You know, uh, I thought that uh, the movie was foo. I thought that it was a bad representation about that occupation man called Pimpin' and Horn. I'm not a pimp. I've never pimped a day in my life, but I've been blessed to be in the presence of pimps. And those men are men of character, and their character does not change because of a circumstance or situation changing. So, you know, that alone eliminates that nigga because he was put in a situation, in a circumstance, where he started telling on other men to help his circumstance. So therefore, he's not a pimp. See, what I hate about the so-called uh, game and the street life, y'all will glorify anybody that y'all see in a Bentley, a Phantom, S550, Maserati, and y'all will just put him above everybody simply because of the materialistic things. But say, man, in the P game, there's some prerequisites for things, basically. There's some prerequisites that you must fulfill in order to be able to profess and possess that particular title. In order to do what's vital to that title, you gotta be a man first. And if you're telling on other men to basically... That's where all the most successful traders in the world seem to come from. So let's find out how they make their money. Go online, type in Goldman Sachs 10K and type in the year. You'll find it in the first two links. It's out every year, it's an annual report. Between pages 95 and 105, you will always find this chart. And it tells you the amount of money that Goldman Sachs makes or loses per day. 
how many days they make and lose. So what have we got here? Intervals of $25 million, okay? On the right-hand side are days where they make money, the left-hand side, days when they lose money, and how much they make and how much they lose. So in the year 2015, Goldman Sachs made money on 212 days in the trading year and lost 38 days. And this is trading operations, pure trading. Nothing to do with M&A commissions or anything like this. So pretty skewed to the right-hand side. And you can see that on a typical day when they make money, they make between 25 to $50 million. So there's also a tail out there as well. Look at the tail on the right-hand side, where there's up to a hush. I don't do anything for kissing heels. Like, animation is something to consider. Or, understand it's 2019 and it's not about production value. Putting your head on a stick figure, literally drawing a stick figure and putting your head on it, and then having post-production animation skills and doing voiceover. Yeah, you deserve for me to sit up there, you understand me, and put this dick, you understand me, in your eyelashes. Bitch, you're going to get all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, people going to create an email address all in your throat. You know what I mean? You're going to get all of it, bitch. You know what I mean? Real talk. So you deserve that. You know what I mean? Any man uh, telling you any different, you know, nine out of ten, he's a con artist. You know what I mean? Because hoes deserve good dick, too. And let me let me just expound and say something profound upon that. You know, pimps don't fuck hoes like tricks. Yeah, pimps don't fuck hoes like tricks. As a matter of fact, let me change that. Pimps shouldn't fuck hoes like tricks, because some of y'all is fucking your hoe like a trick. But pimps should not fuck their hoe like a trick. Sin, what are you talking about, man? What you mean by that? What I mean is, hey man, when that trick is with that hoe, he not thinking about that bitch. All he thinking about is him busting a nut. All he thinking about is him reaching the climax. That's it. He not thinking about the bitch. He just want what he paid for. You know what I mean? So by him physically endeavoring, you know what I mean, to you know reach his climax, he's not thinking about her. You know what I mean? So when you inside of that hoe and you only thinking about yourself, what separates you from the trick? If you only sex is buying on behalf of the client $10 million of Apple at 500, there's machines built to predict what that machine is doing. And they buy the Apple before the machine buys it. Just need some motivation to get you through, huh? That's why you're listening to this. This is Bash Ninjas Radio, you know? And when I listen to it, I like to write this thing called a Fujo. Also known as a Food Journal. And you know where I got it? I got it from Amazon. So just because I'm telling you to, go get it too. You need to get your thoughts together. Otherwise, why else are you listening to somebody else? <laughs> Duh. Do it now. Food Journals. The option of an asset. And this is obviously a totally separate class in terms of options, but the two most important variables to consider with an option are theta 
so time decay and volatility. Theta, you have to be right by a certain date. Options adds this other element to a trade whereby you're not just long something and you can be long forever. You have to be right by a certain date. Otherwise, your option expires worthless. Volatility. Why is volatility important? Well, the more volatile something is, if volatility goes up, there's more opportunity to lose or make money. Well, risk and opportunity in, this, in the asset. So what happens when volatility gets bid up? When volatility goes up, options become more expensive. And retail traders don't understand how to calculate volatility and opportunity properly. So they always, for example, go long something and buy the, buy the asset at a level of volatility that doesn't even exist in the real market. So the odds are always massively against them. So what happens in the US is the vast majority of options expire worthless. Retail traders in the US use options as a proxy for simply going long or short the underlying asset without realizing that they have to be right by a certain amount of time. Do you have any anything to say about that? Yeah, man. Let's say that guy is making six figures. I'm sure okay. he has hella projects. Hella projects besides the, the, the one thing that's making, let's say he's making the six figure because he got a good job. But by him having this good job, he, he's got a lot of time to think about shit he's thinking about. He should be thinking about different shit. As far as getting the bitch to work for him on different levels, you have to make her be responsible for a part of the project, whatever the project is. Man, I um, have, <laughs> I'm going to give you some game, man. This is this is some free okay. shit, man. This is why, you know, this is why uh motherfucker going to take me and stand me in front of the firing line and just blast my head off because I've been giving up just too much. But then, well, look, I remember a couple times I used this to, uh, on the rich bitch, not a rich bitch, a couple of rich bitches, and and it was, it was very simple. It was it was a, a magazine. I told them that I was going to start a magazine. This is just so I can get me like twenty five racks, and, and and I told them that I was going to start an urban magazine. It was going to be called Urbanomics. It was going to be about the economics that the money that's generated with stuff made in the hood shit that you know making hood so I was going to get a couple of articles I put a little mock magazine together put articles you know wrote some articles put some pictures and shit then I told them here working on their craft and things of that nature you know doing push-ups if you do eight of them certain things happen if you do 80 of them a day a different thing happens now we all have different muscle composition so some of us may show more but the work is the work is the work it does can't sleep listen to ninja pimp radio right now you're not doing anything else buddy go ahead you preach the, 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 the mantra of kindness. But Andrew Casey asks, how do you deal with people who try to take advantage of your kindness? Nobody can take advantage of kindness.
people take advantage of people that allow them to take advantage. And they don't realize that when they start doing things, either it doesn't pay, as in it doesn't work, or their personality is not suited to it, and they have to then continue uh, finding what actually works for them. You might be awake, but you sleep. That's why you're up listening to this. What you need to do is go to Amazon and grab a food journal. It's F-O-O-O journals. A food journal. Stop listening to other people in the middle of the night, buddy. Get your thoughts together. Get active. The food journal. On Amazon. Google it. Just do it right now. The food journal. F-O-O-O journals. Now. Follow me. But we're going to use an example here, which is the best case scenario, which is a repayment mortgage, okay, in the US. So let's say you find a property that's 500 grand and you put down a 75 grand deposit to buy the property. So you get a 425 grand mortgage. You sign all the papers, it's done. What do you own? Do you think you own that house? You own nothing. You own, over 30 years, a liability of 360 payments. That's what you own. If you miss one of those payments, the bank takes the property. So try to, I'd like to think of an image of a young couple who have just been married and the husband carries his new bride over the threshold and they're clinking glasses of champagne celebrating and they think they own their house. They own nothing. They've got a loan and 360 payments. Thousand euros or dollars a year, or eventually millions if you're ultimately talented. Are you willing to live a humble life that makes 47,000 a year only speaking about blueberry jam, but you're happy is my pressure and question. And so I, to me, it's something that I'm pushing more clarity around, which is, I want you to be happy. And I, accountable. Of course, well, the beauty of entrepreneurship is without, there is, it's inherently accountability. Otherwise it fails. I do want people to be happy and I actually think accountability leads to happiness. When you think the government's in charge, the, the media's in charge, Facebook's in charge, this boss is in charge. When you believe somebody else is in charge of your life, you immediately start the process of unhappiness. Accountability is the framework of happiness. It doesn't mean bad things aren't happening. It's not delusion to the macro injustices of the world. It's called accountability. You know, what a great way to wrap this up. I'm, I, I'm struggling not to- 
And I don't mean just set down your cell phone or your tablet or your car keys or whatever's in your hand. I mean, be present. Be in that moment. Don't be thinking about your argument you have with your boss. Don't be thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. If you want to get out of the conversation, get out of the conversation. But don't be half in it and half out of it. Number two, don't pontificate. If you want to just state your opinion without any opportunity for response or argument or pushback or growth, write a blog. (laughs) Now, there's a really good reason why I don't allow pundits on my show because they're really boring. If they're a conservative, they're gonna hate Obama and food stamps and abortion. If they're a liberal, they're gonna hate big banks and oil corporations and Dick Cheney. (laughs) Totally predictable. And you don't wanna be like that. You need to enter every conversation assuming that you have something to learn. The famed therapist Eb Scott Peck said that true listening requires a setting aside of oneself. And sometimes that means setting aside your personal opinion. He said that sensing this acceptance, the speaker will become less and less vulnerable and more and more likely to open up the inner recesses of his or her mind to the listener. Again, assume that you have something to learn. Bill Nye, everyone you will ever meet knows something that you don't. I put it this way, everybody is an edge. We have a point to make, so we just keep rephrasing it over and over. Don't do that. Number eight, stay out of the weeds. Frankly, people don't care about the years, the names, the dates, all those details that you're struggling to come up with in your mind, they don't care. It has been because people ask me all the time, do you guys do digital also? Which means, you know, search. And we don't because my brain is only so big. And so I don't know whether I need to partner with somebody or just continue to let them find their outsourcing for that because all digital isn't isn't right. I understand, and do you do paid and creative, or just paid or just creative? Paid and creative. Understood, so I think the answer is extremely personal. I think you and everybody else here is not unaware that when you don't provide a service, it creates a vulnerability that can lead to you losing your service, right? Not super complicated, we've all been there. I think it comes down to, and this is actually, what a way, thank you, Rob. Like, this is a great way to start. I literally backstage just made a video, and for the people that follow me the most, I'm in such post-production film my life mode that the days of five or six years ago when I go straight to camera with a thought video is rare. Original programming just for the video is rare for me these days, but I'm so compelled right now around this thought that people are not self-aware of what makes them happy when they run a business and everybody just thinks about growth without realizing the next employee or the next $100 is the beginning of the process of you not liking your business anymore. And that's your answer. 
your answer is predicated on, you know it's a vulnerability in one way, it's also a strength in another way. Right. You just have to ask yourself, are you happy with the level of business that you're at? I'm getting a million, I'm getting hundreds, and if not thousands of emails a day or DMs from people that are thanking me for telling them to go on TikTok. It's just arbitrage. But people dig in on the thing they know and aren't willing to kill the thing that got them there. Spray the man miss, spray the man miss, spray the man miss, spray that 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 man miss, spray, 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 spray it on your skin. Spray it on your skin. Spray the mammoth on your skin. Spray the mammoth. 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 Spread a man, miss, 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 spread a man, miss. In a better place than it used to be, is in my unbelievable disdain for confrontation and negativity, I wasn't uh, candorous enough and would just social media. I did direct mail. It was search, it was email marketing, and I took it way back because I knew that a lot of people in the room had no marketing budget, and it made me remember something that is super fun for me, which is literally week one, out of college, no marketing budget, I printed a bunch of 20% off by the case of wine things on a picture I made in some sort of version of old school, photo, not even Photoshop yet. I, don't, I mean, I was so computer illiterate. I couldn't even like know what I was doing. And I remember it had a crab, literally a crab. Like there was a default picture of a crab in a beach. And I like was like, that's fine. And I put that there and, and then made dotted lines and it said 20% off on a case of wine, non-sale items. I printed a hundred of them, came to the store the next day, parked my car, ran in, opened the store, told one of the kids to keep an eye on the shop and drove to the Short Hills Mall and literally put those flyers on windshields for an hour and a half. What's fun about that for me here now is day one Vayner was super funny, you know, and the reality is I knew nothing about the advertising industry uh, and I had to learn it and I had to build. And so it's fun for me to be challenged. What they care about is you. They care about what you're like. 
what you have in common. So forget the details, leave them out. Number nine, this is not the last one, but it is the most important one. Listen, I cannot tell you how many really important people have said that listening is perhaps the most, the number one most important skill that you could develop. Buddha said, and I'm paraphrasing, if your mouth is open, you're not learning. And Calvin Coolidge said, no man ever listened his way out of a job. (laughs) Why do we not listen to each other? Number one, we'd rather talk. When I'm talking, I'm in control. I don't have to hear anything I'm not interested in. I'm the center of attention. I can bolster my own identity. But there's another reason. We get distracted. The average person talks at about 225 words per minute, but we can listen at up to 500 words per minute. So our minds are filling in those other 275 words. And look, I know it takes effort and energy to actually pay attention to someone. But if you can't do that, you're not in a conversation. You're just two people shouting out barely related sentences in the same place. (laughs) You have to to listen to one another. Stephen Covey said it very beautifully. He said, most of us don't listen with the intent to understand. We listen with the intent to reply. One more rule. I have. I do it all the time. Who else is in REITs? You've got REITs. So real estate investment trust is, a, is, a, is an asset class which was invented around the 60s in the United States. And there was a bit of an explosion of this asset class in the 80s in the US. And it's been exported everywhere. You can buy real estate investment trusts in America, Canada, UK, all of Europe. Singapore, Hong Kong, Australia, New Zealand. They, they, there's literally tens of, there's thousands of them. And what are they? What are they? Well, there's all different types, but the basic premise is you either own or manage real estate and it's wrapped up in a structure called a REIT, okay? And they're publicly listed you can trade them on the stock exchange. So you can go out right now and buy one, okay? And one of them, one of the types is a residential REIT, a residential portfolio manager or owner, okay? Whatever that company makes, they don't pay tax on it. If they're a registered REIT, okay? you know, in, in the voice space, what would you suggest that would be? As an app for the consumer? Yeah. Like, you're not being an agency and dev shop, you're building yeah. for yourself for consumer? Yep. Be great at discovery. <laughs> That's like the punchline. Like you know what you. I mean? You, yeah. have, you have to add that capability. Yeah. Thank Otherwise, you. you just built a great app. Tree in the forest. Tree in the forest. If nobody knows you built the best app, somebody's going to build a better app in a year. 
because the capabilities are going to be better and yeah. you're fucked. And that's what happens all the time. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You got it. Hey, Gary. Uh, my name is Avram Gonzalez. I'm from New Mexico. Be, I apologize, sir. Am I going to be able to extend this a little bit? Cool. Go ahead. Uh, Avram Gonzalez from New Mexico. Uh, right now, I'm the only person that's client-facing in my agency, so I know the next hire is going to be something like an account manager. My question for you, I do a lot of local networking. That's how I get all my clients. My question for you is how do you gracefully transition to like, giving them an account manager when they're really obsessed with you? By not selling them me. So how, do you fr how, how did you frame that from the beginning with, with your agency? Because I imagine a lot of people come to you thinking it's going to work with Gary. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's Maribel. Yeah. yeah. You can backphone me if you pay enough, you know, of, of how to create content at scale and post-produced it contextual to the platforms that matter, but th that doesn't take away from the fact that I'm spending 11 to 14 hours a day being the CEO and COO of a thousand person global agency. So I have, I have some thoughts. Started from scratch, so I, I, I can remember, and I understand, and I know what has worked for me and others that look like me, and what has kept a lot of people at this $700,000 a year in revenue business. So I really think I can help. So please fire away and I'm really, I'm honestly grateful to be here and I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Gary. My name is, is this on? My name is Robin Wilson and I sat there all day long because I knew that this 55 year old woman would only have a chance of getting here if I was closest to the mic and in the front row. So strategy pays. <laughs> Hacking always works. Woo! Love it. So I have um, a specific question. So I only do social media marketing at our agency. We only do social and email, but social mainly on that forefront. But we serve a very particular mar um, vertical. We serve automotive. We are. It's not part of the life, you know, journey. Like, look at history. You know, like, bad things happen. And, like, really, really bad things happen. And I think people have become too materialistic and, and have gotten complicated in their need for acknowledgement from outside forces based on commercial successes or what car they drive status it's a we're a very deeply globally globally a very deeply um insecure animal and we need other people's opinions for validation and i wish people could get validation from their process not from the things that their process allows them to buy to make them look good to others. So, you know, I, I've learned some human truths that were suspicions. Um, and, uh, and I also 
learned that every situation's different. I'm speaking in generalities right now. There's 7 billion people. Plenty of people have excelled. Plenty of people don't need a BMW to look cool. They just like how it drives. You know, you know, more. Because I just didn't care. Everything just came to me. I didn't go looking. Everything seems to just work out all the time. And there wasn't any real discussions over prices or negotiations ever. It was just, that's what I want. If you don't like it, Heathrow Terminal 5. And they always give you what you want. Because they have no choice. You'll make much better decisions and you won't need to take unnecessary, excessive risks. You'll absolutely not ever be required to have a lottery mentality. So where you're just all the time buying lottery tickets in different formats, trying to get huge amounts of upside because you've got nothing and you're trying to get excessive amounts of money with excessive amounts of risk, looking to play the lottery all the time. You just won't need to. So it's something that you should really aim for, in my opinion, in your life. I think as you go down the scale, uh, I do think that there's, um, uh, I think on the coasts of America, on the entrepreneurial level, there is a little bit um, uh, of a potential for burnout or too much overworking or working for the sake of working that I think is a little more balanced here from the startups that I've interacted with. Um, and so much of the same in the top 100 companies compared to the, com the world, which is much more to do on culture and people and marketing, um, and on the entrepreneurial front, a little bit more balanced than I see in other places. Well, if you were recruited as a CEO of one of the big Swedish, say, media companies, because we have a few, what would people experience that was different in your leadership, do you think, compared to a Swedish... Because Swedes, Swedish managers are not... Are well known to be hard and firm, and yeah. they're like more people oriented. Yeah, you know, I actually think that that's an interesting thing. So I'm gonna, you're you're doing something interesting here, which is you're using um, the data that you have in the macro. So I think one thing that you'll find fascinating is somebody who knows a little bit about my personality online. It was funny, I was smiling a little towards David. I would argue that I am the softest. So I don't have a preference of how they want to use it, even if it's just a check-in to, you know, I had one recently with an employee that's been with us for seven years and she's been crushing it. And we hadn't talked in maybe two and a half years. And it was just... It was, I think she just needed to feel for five minutes that I did have my hands in everything, AKA, I don't have my hands in anything, but I'm aware of 
quite a bit, if not most things. And her hearing that where I could speak to detail on things that she started talking about gave her confidence that she still works for an organization that has a CEO that has care and intent and isn't living in an ivory tower and isn't naked with no clothes. And that is my agenda at all times. Because you as a person cannot scale infinitely, you have other managers. Of course. And I'm just thinking, how can you, can you talk about what, how you foster a relationship that engages both um, uh, employees and customers? Because I see this being outside of the company walls. You, you, this is the style your company has towards customers as well, seeing them as people. How yeah. do you foster that kind of leadership? By holding people accountable that have clout in doing the same. Clout means influence. Yes. And, uh, and I think it leads to a lot of bad things. That doesn't mean that I don't have compassion for people that are in precarious positions. It's just that I think it's very empowering for people to try to hack, to think, what are they going to do? Now, the final one was perspective, the P. We've already touched on that, which is I use perspective and gratitude a lot. My perspective leads to gratitude. You know, Uh, it, it could be worse, right? My perspective is it could be worse. Could. So as, as you went through this disruptive period, like what were some of the, the life lessons, the, uh, the big insights that you gained? I got affirmation from who I think I am, you know, during ironically, oh my God, today is 9-11. So 9-11 was the first major event I had to navigate through as a leader. I was a very young kid in a family business. Then there was the Great Recession in 2008. As a, these are macro things. As an entrepreneur and operator, every day you're dealing with micro things, lawsuits, somebody's family's issues, clients, employees. But macro, 9-11, Great Recession. But I always, in the back of my mind, my friend, knew one thing. 9-11, I was a kid. I had, you know... Get the all-natural experience at CocoBoulet.com. Comments, observations, questions. Everybody in here is got different skill sets in different things. So if I put in seven hours a day into learning how to cook, over time I could be a much, much better cook. But I may not be as great as Jason Holzer or Jan McKinney or Anna because they just actually had talent along with their work ethic. So there is a talent work ethic thing. But it takes an enormous amount of work to be Beyonce or LeBron and or probably every single person, um, you know, here, right? Every one of us are going to really struggle to not recognize that the hours put into our craft, our execution, the time you put into your children, your employees, uh, making this, trying to figure out the formula for this, like, you know, for me, it's listening. I spend so much time listening. You know, everybody sees me talking all the time, but I spend 90% of my time listening. It's why I have early observations on things. 
you know, and so I work at that. That's me putting in four hours last night, reading Twitter, Instagram, forums, Reddit, you know, like I read people's comments. Like I, that's why I have a poll. So I'm an anthropologist. I'm a strategist that way. So, you know, I believe in it. I believe it's putting in the work. It's, it's like push-ups. I think everyone. So they're making 20 million in management fees and 20% on the performance, 200. So they're making 40 and then 50%. Okay, okay, I see you over there with that scaly skin looking like Reptile and Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. You need to fix that, all right? You need to get it together. You need to moisturize, you get what I'm saying? Ain't nothing wrong with doing that, you know? So one of the places you need to go is CocoBrulee.com. Get it, rub it in your skin, look better, feel better, be better. And for goodness sake, man, wash your face. I mean, come on, man. Get up and do it right now. CocoBrulee.com. Rub it in your skin. Go get you some Ripples Wave Activator now, okay? Call it, man. I can't call it. Talk to me, man. Bless me. Hey, man. I, you might not got time for all this. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, you might make me wait, but... Uh-huh. Man, a little while ago, man, you was talking about... Man, I'm, I'm going to just give you a little piece of it, man. You was like, uh, so you in the hotel, and uh, you trying to get, you know, do your thing, and uh, you peep this little chick working, you know what I'm saying? So you end up calling one of your chicks, you did, and uh, you put it on speakerphone or something like that. And you were trying to do your thing and show the overhearing and, and you ain't finished the story. Uh, I, I don't really know too much more. It was a little while ago. It was, it was when a good-ass was, motherfucking was, story, man. Was, 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 <laughs> I I, know, was I in Canada at the time or I was still in, in America? See, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to fuck up at. If, if it's all of the videos, most of the videos that you see on that Simple to P Live video, that's how y'all know my content was only getting better. Just like when I returned, like I'm going to blow everybody out the water. You know what I mean? I just got too many things I had to take care of. But uh, the Simple to P Live channel, most of them videos, the, 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 uh, the last ones, that's in Canada. And if you're talking about the time okay. when I first got to Canada and I was in Brampton, and it was a whole, you know what I mean? She was from uh, Montreal, and she was in the other room. Yeah. Bash ninjas on my sea, you 
automated text reply We don't stop them other guys Market share increasing Gotta get it up to 25 Increasing my engagement rate on 25 Like 20 times C to Z smoothly Always gonna shine Passionate is in the zone Off the throne Breaking microphones on the grind All the time running through the VMG Edit lines Electroplated solution from Finneys and the dimes As a matter of fact New dropping shocker extract W space tack tack L after cat That's how you count the lines Run the rhymes Grab the rhymes, grab the rhymes, grab the rhymes, I'ma grab the, grab the rhymes, I'ma grab the, grab the rhymes, yo. Ice white, leave a haters blind, virtual t-shirt designs, over wine, two times, where we had to make a hater resign, setting stones, color line, but pen test take way more time, cut, duck the tape, where I align, oh no bro, no dough, so you're gonna get declined, run it up like RZA and Divine, stay up in your place, before you get a sign going, glowing. Blowing off a whim, bash ninja wax transfer all on my tips. Checking haters with weak chins. I be whim news right out of Berlin. Your track the best like once again. Pimp computers, pimping pins, zero sum game. How can you win? Keeping leashes in the dog bin. My bash code always gonna spin. You hit me good cause you do not know where to begin. It can be on your pins, gotta be a pin. It it blow from a DSLR lens. You can mean mugs, move gonna grin. Oh, so froze. Yeah, they chose six. Way back then, but still in my bins. But I guess it depends. Hold up. Gotta let that seat bend. Hold the sun, trading for risk itself on the weekends. Do not approach the night. Weekend, every rhyme that I finish, they be like. Can you do it one more kick? Rap like glue on the car side. My double boulevard in the walk. Yeah. Oh, front of Ben Hill and the grind don't stop. No. Came from John Thomas selling no stocks Running through cold lines like I'm Dr. Spot Just bought an automatic movement for the time clock Whammy via phones, no silicone Reheating all the polymer plots First batch of clay got botched Just made a tincture to capture aroma of the apricot 52 crossbone, high I box Leaving haters, molly wide grinders in this box The platter gotta whip up the props at the bleed, that's where it be Pull up and I set up shop Rather handle it on my own I don't ever gotta ever talk to cops Make your stomach drop Mad at me cause your company block Came a long way from my block But you must be stupid or just confused If you ever think I'ma cease or stop Still my need for a clock They wouldn't let us in So we had to pick a lock Ha ha Humming, stunning, running, virtual wood, commas, haters, don't want no problems. Uh, uh, LA Baba shopping, but we run the plug. Yeah. You can't kill my buds, doing Sock what it, it does. Well, it was in the conversations I was having to her about her not being happy 
and then also double checking and hearing from her managers that maybe it's her fault was data I was collecting and then I came over to the top with HR and finance and just requested the move. So I didn't even communicate to her that I was doing the move. Uh, it just happened. Uh, she, I, and when I saw her, I'm not sure she knows how much or how little I had to do with it. And I'm not really in the business of getting stars on my shirt. Um, but I'm really happy about it. And whether it works out or not, I have no idea. But the moral of the story for everybody, one more time, especially if you're listening right now and you have the power. You know, something I said yesterday to the London office was everything at VaynerMedia is my fault. There's a thousand things wrong right now. There's eight to 80 people that are responsible for that. But at the end of the day, I hired and empowered those eight to 80. If you are lucky enough to have control and you're listening right now, and if you're listening to this, you care about the things that we can. And I think it leads to a lot of bad things. That doesn't mean that I don't have compassion for people that are in precarious positions. It's just that I think it's very empowering for people to try to hack, to think, what are they gonna do? Now, the final one was perspective, the P. We've already touched on that, which is I use perspective and gratitude a lot. My perspective leads to gratitude. You know, uh, it, it could be worse, right? My perspective is it could be worse. Could. So as, as you went through this disruptive period, like what was some of the the life lessons, the, uh, the big insights that you gained? I got affirmation from who I think I am, you know, during, ironically, oh my God, today is 9-11. So 9-11 was the first major event I had to navigate through as a leader. I was a very young kid in a family business. Then there was the Great Recession in 2008. As a, these are macro things. As an entrepreneur and operator, every day you're dealing with micro things, lawsuits, somebody's family's issues, clients, employees. But macro, 9-11, great recession. But I always, in the back of my mind, my friend, knew one thing. 9-11, I was a kid. I had, you know, I had no expenses. The great recession, you know, the reality was I built the business for my dad, not for myself the first time. So even in 2008, I really didn't have a lot. Trying to bring value here for people to make their own decisions. But it creates a nerve in your organization. And it's not, a, it's a nerve based on, it's not that I'm a, I'm, I'm a softy. I established early, I really am. Like if my CFO was here, he's. Just need some motivation to get you through, huh? That's why you're listening to this. This is Bash Ninjas Radio, you know? And when I listen to it, I like to write in this thing called a Fujo. Also known as a Food Journal. And you know where I got it? I got it from Amazon. So just because I'm telling you to, go get it too. You need to get your thoughts together. Otherwise, why else are you listening to somebody else? <laughs> Duh. Do it now. Food Journals. You're up late right now listening to Ninja Pimp Radio.
You know why? Because you're wondering about stuff and wondering if you should be wondering about it. This is the perfect podcast, radio station, or whatever it's called for you. Grab a pen, grab some paper, and learn from some people of what to do and what not to do. Hey, it's all for educational purposes only, buddy. To each his own. Ninja Pimp Radio. Enjoy. 30 p.m. Eastern American time. Where the title at the top is going to say, go into your gap during times like this. Because serendipitously, I decided to answer you with, you know, with gratitude, Uh accountability, and perspective. I ordered it differently. But as you and I were talking, I reordered it into spelling the word gap. And so... I'm actually going to make that piece of content. Like I literally have just decided right here, serendipitous, never put those words together. So that's fun. And it's an insight to how I think, which is like creativity, information, being skilled at something. It requires omnipresence. It's not, you know, you know, you can go train, like I can go train to be a skier, but I'm not going to be a world-class skier. For me, entrepreneurship and really wisdom and perspective came natural to me. It's my natural state. So, you know, what do I tell entrepreneurs? I tell them, this is what you signed up for. Like to, to really go there. What I tell fellow entrepreneurs is like, this is our time. Like when things are challenging, when they're difficult, when they're not stable is exactly when entrepreneurs do well. A pure a real entrepreneur i don't like using the word real but what i would recommend is people to do what they're best at and by the way that is what i did with vayner yes just so everybody knows the first two years of vayner media first two years of vayner media all we did was community management on twitter and facebook that was our entire business nothing else because that's what i was best at I wasn't best at creative on Twitter in 2009. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. I was great at community management. Great. One more question. I made a bet with my friend that I'm going to shake hands with you. But I want half the fucking money. Nice to meet you, my friend. You're welcome. Nice to meet you. Thank you, brother. Hi Gary, this is Gaurav from India. So you know, I've been same here. So I've been into the voice first world for about a year and a half. I'm Uh, sorry, one more time. I'm into the voice first world. The voice first, you know, building Alexa skills. You know, the Google actions, and you know, for for one and a half years. Fantastic. And largely, you know, what the challenge is that the manager at my company and on the soft, I would argue that I am softer than 95% of the managers in Sweden. Even though on the internet, I'm a very outward, aggressive, American for an American personality because that's me as a communicator in content on the internet. The way I manage my people 
is very, very, very different. I would argue that the 43-year-old version of me as an executive has had to work over the last decade on radical candor. And so, you know, but on the flip side, um, what I would tell you is I think I create at my best, and I'd like to think I'm heading to my best, I create very safe environments. If you can get your employees to feel safe, they can be their best. However, I do think that some of the advanced laws in trying to create safety and balance also creates entitlement and softness. Can you describe what a soft leader is? You use the word soft. I use the word soft too. Yeah, I, I was following your lead, but I think what we're saying, and I'm sure everybody who's listening, and by the way, I'm honored to be the first English guest. Um, I care about people's emotions and happiness and, and overall livelihood. So, Anton, uh, we've just spent the day in the city. Yeah. We revisited some old haunts today. Yeah. You're obviously looking back on it with the perspective of someone who has spent a lot of time in the city. As a young guy, how did you come into it and start and actually figure out the world of trading? That's a good question, Mike. Figuring out the world of trading, wow. Okay. Took a long time. Uh, I started as a retail trader. Right. And I was trading with my own money as a teenager. And then went to university, carried on, and then was hired by Goldman Sachs. And I never really started genuinely figuring it out until I was actually in the city. Because there is an investment spectrum. And when a professional trader uses the phrase investment spectrum, what they're talking about is on one side, all the way over here, on one extreme, you have, for example, value investing. And then all the way on the other extreme, you have short-term trading. And in between, you have many other things, many other strategies, many other time horizons. And... Trading these days has shifted from short-term trading to a time frame 